أيها الزائر قبر الصبط بلغ سيدي مني السلام فأنا لازلت مشتاقا أروم مشهد الصبط الإمام ودع القبر يقول أنا من صبط الرسول هذه أشلاء أهلي هذه أشلاء صحبي سقطت صرعة بوصلي Oh, visitor of Imam Hussein, send my message to my master Imam. I'm still looking forward to visit his grave. And when you reach there, hear the grave tell you this is my companion and my family murdered them because of me. So peace on earth. My name is Mandir Mahbuba. I'm from Najaf, Iraq. Alhamdulillah. I uh, moved to United States in 1977 when I was 25 years old. We used to go to Karbala. Of course, the amount of woken people is very minimal. And usually, usually the government, which is the Ba'ath Party, try to control as much as they can from the convoy to come to Imam Hussein and, and Shrine of Abbas Isa. So the first group of the Najaf convoy is contained possibly 10,000 people or more. That type of demonstration is against the government. And the government knew that and they give warning every year to don't make the first convoy that big. So the power of Najaf, beside the Hausa, is the tribe group. So when the head tribe guide people, it's not just Imam Hussein, it's a tribe issue too. It's a pride issue too. So they put the Najaf in that case as the biggest and the strongest convoy to come to Karbala. So that is the start of it. In 1977, the Ba'ath Party decided to go to different view. It's to stop people by walking. Because most people come from everywhere in Iraq to Najaf and walk from Najaf. It's the tradition that they walk from Imam Ali shrine to Imam Hussein shrine, from the father to son. So since the uh, Ashura, the government forbids the walking, and people keep a planning since Ashura. What do we do and how we do it? The tribe keep meeting with the government. Once after once, once after once for 35 days because from Ashura to Arba'in is 40 days. So five days before the Arba'in is the connection is stopped, the meeting is stopped, the negotiation. Because the government insists the uh, people don't go. And the people said, well, we'll see what, what we're going to go. So I remember that the Arba'in was on Tuesday. So I took off Monday. I was lucky that the head of the project was uh, Shiite, but Kurdish. 
So he's very much open-minded and uh, and with with my soul, we said. So I, I drove to Najaf on Thursday. On Friday it's my weekend day, so I just stay in the bed for a little bit later. So I heard from my house a lot of noise in the street. So before I did anything, I just jump and, and get out and see a demonstration there. And uh, the chanting is لو قطعوا أرجلنا واليدين نأتيك زحفا سيدي يا if they cut our arm and our leg, we will come crawl to you, our master, Imam Hussein. So in that moment, first days, is possibly we have about, I would say 500 to 800 people went for work. People keep sending food. But not through the main road, through the side road. So the checkpoint did not stop them. Between Najaf and Karbala, there is three stop. One said Khan al-Rubu, the quarter rest. The second one is Khan al-Nus, the half rest. The third one is called Khan al-Nakhela, the... Uh, the date palm rest so anyway in first day they approach the quarter of it the son of the merger in that time Imam Hakim he was even bigger than Sistani in that time and he is the one who stand in front of the government solid and the Hausa, especially when Imam Hakim went there it's every uh, Part and Najaf Farahan. Even the Kurdish Sunni, they carry his picture and whatever he said, they follow. He was against the government. And his son always condemned the government loudly. So, <coughs> one of his son, Sayyid Muhammad Baqir al-Hakim, he went to the demonstrator and asked them to be wise to calm down, to have Imam Hussein in their heart. So he tried to organize them. He tried to get all the troubled people out of them as much as he can. Because sometimes the party government get inside them to make some trouble. He warned them about that and he guide them and get back. The news spread around Iraq. Since they forbid them, they got the news in first day that the people from Najaf went by walk. Second day, the Najaf garage was, you cannot get in it. People start traveling from everywhere to walk from Najaf to Karbala. So second day, the number suddenly got huge. More than 20,000 or 30,000, something like this. As far as you can see, it's people walking. 
So the uh, the governor of Najaf this morning sent some negotiator, but nobody listened. So second day they reach the midpoint. When they reach midpoint, they got more than hundred thousand. I decide to go join them. My dad said, if you go, I will go with you. I said, it's too dangerous for you to come. He said, it's too dangerous for you to go too. So, you know, the father, I mean, I said, no, you don't go with me. I want to go. He said, if you go, I will go. That's the deal. If I, if you, if I don't go, you don't go. So we got to go together. I agree with you. You want to go? I will go. So I, I analyzed the issue. I know my dad is around 70 years old and I don't want to put him in any danger. And after I thought about it, I said, Imam Hussein, don't want me to do that. <laughs> so I said, that's fine. I don't go. We have one merchant, wealthy merchant in Najaf. His name... Rashad Hajina, may Allah enlighten his uh, grave. He was the one uh, add gold to the Imam Ali Dome. So anyway, he got a huge truck filled with big pot of rice and qima. In the checkpoint, he cannot go through the outside because a huge truck, double trailer. They stop him in the checkpoint. They said, what do you have? He said, I have food for the people walking in the Karbala. They told him, you cannot take it. He tried to negotiate it with them. They refused it. He said, look look at me. You can shoot me here. But somebody else going to come and took those vehicles to the people. If you don't know me, I'm Rashad Ajina. This is my ID. And this is my address house. Do whatever you want to do, I'm going to take them out. He knows he got, they're going to kill him. So he took the food there. Of course, next day they took him and, and assassinated him. So that one big incident happened. I know one of our friends, his son was 14 years old, Muhammad, and his uh, father, Haji Saeed, he was carrying the flag, carrying the flag in front of everybody. He was assassinated after the issues. Third days, the government went to them by the president of Iraq. In that case, in that time, was Ahmed Hassan al-Bakr. The governor went there by the state vehicle, dark and with the security and all of this. When he reached there, the kids start throwing rock on the governor and his security and in his car and their parents tell them, stop it. Why did you do that? They said they have camera and their glasses. They took picture for us. <laughs> so it's, it was, it was amazing because then the governor cannot do anything. Immediately he sent emergency for the government.
the government called for emergency for all Iraq. So all the military are on the alert. And they send a tanker, helicopters, and get some buses, whoever wants to get in the bus to return back. The helicopters start getting the, the dust, the military get in, tear gas everywhere, people lost their direction. They start getting whatever they can get to get back. So they return back. However, some people, about maybe 1,000 or 2,000, reach Karbala and make huge demonstration and fuss. And after that, people realize the case is very dangerous, so all Karbala is closed off. Of course, the people, the military was everywhere in Karbala and pulled people off and the one who hide, hide, the one who run, run. One of my colleagues, he's a civil engineer, he was with the people who arrested. He said they put them to the head of the police secret and he humiliate them and he curse them and say some nasty thing about Shia, about your Imam, about all of this. He said, well, we cannot do anything because we have, yeah, we have the power. <coughs> and the police secret everywhere around us. So they make a document from us to sign it that we don't go to involve with any of those things. And he left. However, on the second or third day, I have friend. We were sitting in his uh, story. He said, folks, you see, we are sitting here. I bet you they're going to come and accuse me of being one of those. And they're going to take me. Those people who have majlis, huge majlis, I'm talking about street majlis, and they are youth, and they are very active. We can call them very Husseini. So they pick those people beside whoever was in there. And he was right. Second day they came and arrested him. And he was killed, assassinated. When I returned back to the to my to my office in Baghdad, of course, the boss called me on the side. He said, "What's going on?" So I explained everything to him. He said, "You know what? He wasn't here because they asked me. They ask all the uh, officers." Which employee was off in that days? And I list you, he wasn't here. I didn't list you. <laughs> I didn't list your vacation. I say thank you, I appreciate that. So it's, it's a lot of sympathy uh, around the uh, country. And be honest with you, in that year, I was very 
much motivated to leave the country because I have, I have, they call it a black file in the Secret Service. I have one there because I jailed before and they have a black file for me. So I know sooner or later I will be wanted. That would make me do my effort to get out of the country. Because I was very active in, in Najaf, supporting the house. And uh, I was with the grandson of Imam Abul Qasim al Khoi. Both of his grandson was my closest friend. The youngest one he assassinated by the Ba'ath Party. He was in, uh, in engineering in college. The other one is Abdelabir Mashkur. He was in uh, pharmacy college. He assassinated too. So we have a group of youth. Zaydjwa Shubbar. He was with me in the high school. Najah Malo. He was with me in high school, assassinated. So it's, they pick a lot of people here and there for anybody active. The only thing is really protect me is my dad. My dad's reputation and his connection, that the only one is protect me. However, the government in that time uh, was uh, from, uh, he was Abdul Razak al-Habubi. And his father is best friend of my father. So when I get in jail, my dad moved all the people who knows, head tribes to the uh, relative of the uh, to a point when they released me after three days, the head of the secret police, he, he, went, he went, before you release him, I want to see what he looked like. That, that many people call for him. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's, it was uh, very much targeted and we was very much active, especially when Imam uh, Sayyid Mursal Hakim there. Because he was very politician, uh, Marja. He wasn't Wilayat Faqih. He wasn't like Khomeini. But he was always looking for uh, supporting the people, the community. And he saw a lot, a lot of, even they cut the water from him, the electricity from him in his uh, house in Kufa. They harm his student when they go to visit him to Kufa and it's 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 a lot of history when there definitely the story I, I talk about 1977 it's happened before I left Iraq so that one reason I left Iraq because of the incident is getting bigger and bigger and the life of active Shia and there is going to be in dangerous, which I lost a lot of friend and relative. 
and one of them, my cousin, 18, 17 years old, he was tortured and, and assassinated. فأنا لازلت مشتاقا أروم مشهد الصبط الإمام